What's up, everybody? Hope all of you are well. If you don't mind, we're going to jump straight into our text for today, and that is Exodus 17, verse 8. We'll start at 8, and you can just follow along with me. Uh, so we're going to Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. And it reads, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. While Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. While Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. I'd like to preach under the topic, stillness. Let us pray together. God, we're grateful that we have this space where we can wrestle with your word and truly find out what it has for us in this day and age. God, I'm asking now that you will continue to be with us as we explore that we will gain understanding, but we'll move from understanding to action. We thank you, God, for who you are in our lives. And we're just grateful that we're able to be in this space once again. And we can't wait until you come back. Nothing in my hands I bring, but to the old rugged cross I do cling. Please be with me now. Use me like you've never used me before. In Jesus' name, amen. There's so much in the text that stood out to me. And one of the things that just jumped off the page, if I can just share it with you real quick, uh, is that Moses wasn't a part of the physical fight. He sent Joshua and the men to go and take care of his lightweight, go and take care of Amalek. And now Moses is standing on a hill with Aaron on one side and her on one side. And they're not yet holding up his hands, but they are there together. And one thing that stood out to me here is just because you're not in the physical fight doesn't mean you can't stand for the cause. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you caught that, but in the world that we are living in right now, uh, there's a lot of issues when, uh, when we speak of things that have to do with race. Many people want to shrink away from talking about race issues in Canada, in the United States, and in our world. And many people choose to be silent or not deal with the issues or wrestle with the issues because it is isn't their fight. But one thing that I definitely see from the Bible is that though Moses wasn't in the physical fight, he was standing in the gap between his people and God, interceding on their behalf. And there needs to be people outside of the black and brown community, the indigenous community, and minorities period that have suffered oppression that are interceding on the behalf of those that don't have 
a gr as great of a voice. And this is, <laughs> yeah, this is just so amazing to me that even though Moses wasn't in the physical fight, he felt that he was still a part of uh, the solution. And his solution was to stand in the gap between the people that he was leading and God. He says, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to hold up the staff of God. And it's amazing to see what unfolds when he deci decides to stand for a cause that he wasn't physically fighting. Don't worry, I'm not here to talk about race issues or anything like that today, but I thought I would share what God placed on my heart as I was reading this text. But uh, when I was reading this text, I was, uh, uh, interestingly enough, in a tree. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, ha I had um, had the opportunity to get out of the house for a little bit and go longboarding. And for those of you that know me, I'm also into photography. And the picture that you see is not uh, something that I had taken on my DSLR camera, which I love dearly, but it was actually on my phone. And as I was sitting there and just seeing the longboard right under me, I thought, hey, this would be a really great picture. So I was able to to capture that. And, you know, I'm totally geeking out about this, but I love the picture. It's 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 great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the thing is, while I was sitting in that tree and I just thought of how I had gotten to the place, found the place where uh, now I was able to just take a little break and just sit on one of one of the branches. Uh, of that tree, I thought to myself, in order for me to get a good picture, sometimes I had to stop moving. Yeah, uh, I actually had to uh, be still, remain in a, a space of stillness, if you will. Yeah, I realized that in order to capture some of the shots that I wanted to take, that it would be better for me just to take in the scenery without rushing by it. And this is what many good photographers do. Whenever they are about to embark on a photo shoot or if they're just going out to shoot for themselves, most times they will look around at the scenery, take some time and map out some things that they would like to capture. Instead of going in and just start and start taking as many pictures as possible, the best pictures are thought through and not rushed. <laughs> and here's the thing: even though uh, I do believe that in order for me to get great shots in photography, I have to stand still. This does not exactly translate to what we are talking about today. This doesn't exactly translate when we talk about being still. Because, and this is a point that I want you to get, this is something you can write it down, remember it, whatever it is. Standing still is not being still. Okay, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor Daniel? Well, I'm about to explain. Um, here are the three things that I want to tackle with us in the moments that we have together. First is being still is a mindset and not a mood. 
Second, being still is magnetic. And third, being still is a mission. I truly believe that the way Moses dealt with this particular issue, fighting Amalek, gives us a clue as to how we are to face our issues as well. And he's letting us know that even though we face issues in our lives that may be what the next school year is going to look like if it's going to be totally online or not being able to hang out with friends in the summer like you thought the summer was going to look like or responding to race issues that many people are speaking up about and you just don't know what to say. There are a lot of pressures and things that are pulling us one way or another in in the world that we are living today, but Moses chooses to remove himself from the physical fight. And now he's saying, let me advocate for these people to God. And this is an entire mindset because he has a certain peace in the middle of a war. And we should be able to have a peace in the middle of turmoil as well, in the middle of our trials, in the middle of our tribulations. We should have a peace that passes all understanding. That's what it truly means to be still, being in the midst of the mess, knowing that God's got you. So the question may be, how do I get this mindset? And the answer is intentionality. I know that probably seems like a very abstract and vague answer, but you need intentionality in reaching out to God in the times that you would rather take over yourself. As we see, Moses is on a top of a hill while his people, God's people, is fighting a battle against Amalek and his people. And Moses chooses to intentionally seek God for victory instead of leading out in this battle. And it's important to realize that though things may not be the greatest in your life at this moment in time, though you may have struggles, though there are things that you wish could be better, the best thing to do is to give it to God and not try and fix it yourself. And I, I remember uh, as a kid growing up that I would uh, like to do finger paints. Uh, I, I would like to uh, draw and do things that were a little bit more artsy and stuff. And I remember one time I was at my grandmother's house and I was doing a, uh, I think it was a print of my hand uh, on like white paper. I feel like every kid has done that. And if you haven't, then maybe you didn't have a childhood. <laughs> I'm kidding. But either way, um, I um, had this paint on my hand and I put it on the paper and my hand slid off the paper as I was trying to remove it and it got all over the table. And immediately I went into a fight or flight mode because I knew my grandmother was going to be mad. So instead of leaving the, the, the scene, I decided that I was going to try and clean it up myself. 
So I got some water and some, uh, uh, some uh, I think it was like toilet paper, and <laughs> I started to rub uh, the paint off of the table. Uh, but if you know anything about paint, uh, if you're not careful, you end up spreading it across different surfaces that didn't have the paint. And I was young. I didn't know uh, that that would happen. I thought that, you know, toilet paper and water would do the trick. I don't know what I was thinking as a kid, but I made the situation worse because... I tried to take things into my own hands instead of asking for help from my grandmother. And that's what we do with God sometimes. We have problems, we have issues, and we seek to try and figure it out on our, by ourselves. And a lot of times, if not most times, we make it a lot worse. But the best thing that we could possibly do is to give it to God. It's to ask God, how should I handle this situation? What is it that I can do that will bring glory to your name even in this tough situation? So we see that being still is a mindset and not a mood. But also being still is magnetic. And it's right there in the text if you just look at it because Moses is now on top of the hill. And he's already made a, uh, a statement that he is going to hold up the staff of God. And the Bible tells us that as he held up that staff, Joshua and his men, they prevailed against uh, Amalek and his people. But when his hands faltered or fell down or went a little lower, then the, the people that were opposing them, they started to win. But something interesting happens. Uh, Moses is getting tired and obviously he can't hold his hands up that much longer if he's tired. So Aaron and her, they come to his rescue. They have Moses sit down on a rock and they hold up his hands for him. <laughs> Which is very interesting because Moses didn't ask them to do this, but they were drawn to Moses based on what Moses' goal was. And that was to gain the victory for their people, but by honoring God. So yeah, being still is magnetic. And I believe that John Maxwell would agree with me because in his book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he has a law that's called Law of Magnetism. And he says, who you attract is not determined by what you want, but is determined by who you are. Now, who is Moses? That's the question that comes to my mind. And what we do know about Moses, even from this text, is that he's a worshiper. That in the midst of war, he actively and intentionally seeks God by raising his hands with a staff in his hand, knowing that God is going to give them the victory 
only if he stays faithful. And that is true worship, being able to lift your hands up to God in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of everything that you're going through, still being able to seek God. <laughs> and that's amazing that Moses has the, the mindset. Moses uh, has the gall. Moses has uh, a reason to lift his hands. And that is for the victory of his people. Moses is a worshiper and that's who he is. And because Aaron and her saw that intentionality in Moses and saw what it was doing for the people of God. When his hands were raised, they were winning. When his hands were down, they were losing. They decided that they were going to come alongside Moses and help him achieve the goal that he set out to do in the first place, which was get a W for the people of God. So yeah, we've talked about Moses, but who are you? What can people say about you? Who are the people that you attract? And if you were just to take stock of who's around you, who's attracted to you, the people that are drawn to you, you'll get a better sense of who you are as well. Because what is the saying? Birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, that, that definitely rings true in this case because if you are putting out that you are a spiritual, uh, a person that is always seeking after God, a person that was all, that is always looking for opportunities to serve people, those are the people that you will attract. But if you're a person that is always seeking to take shortcuts, always seeking to cheat the system, always seeking to find loopholes, to get uh, an easy way out of things, those are the type of people that you are going to attract as well. If you want to change the people that are attracted to you, you want the man of God that's always seeking after God. You want the Proverbs 31 woman that is always grounded in the word of God. You want the friends that are always encouraging you in ways of spirituality, that are always uh, uh, having your best interest at heart. Then the place to start is with yourself. Yeah, that, that is the best place to start. And how you do that is by seeking God yourself. So is there anybody that is here with me that wants to seek God in the good times, that wants to seek God in the bad times? Seek God through your troubles. Seek God through your trials. Seek God in everything that you go through in life because you know that without God, you can do absolutely nothing. If you want to change the people that are attracted to you, you got to change yourself. And the thing is, you can't change yourself. So you need to lean on a higher power to help you. And that is God. God is going to be the one that changes you. So when other people look at you, they'll get a vibe. They'll get a feeling of who you are. And they'll either shrink away from you because they don't rock with you like that. Or they'll be drawn to you. So Moses uh, had this magnetic power <laughs> over Aaron and her. They saw him uh, seeking God intentionally and they were drawn to him. And that's what I want for my life. That's what 
I truly desire that people see my passion for God and everything that I do, that they're drawn to me for the right reasons. The last thing, as I mentioned, that we'd be talking about is that being still is a mission. Probably about five months ago, this was pre-pandemic, <laughs> um, uh, my youth and myself, we went to a trampoline park and uh, we had a lot of fun. It was cool. Uh, I mean, as fun as a trampoline park can be, right? Um, but there's this area where you could uh, tightrope across this wire um, that they had um, established there. And uh, every time I'd get on, I would sway back and forth and then I would fall off. Um, I would sway back and forth, fall off. I'd get maybe halfway and then I'd fall off again. And it was very frustrating. And I got to the point where I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> so I got on the rope and as soon as I hit it, I just started walking <laughs> or I don't know, speed walking across the tightrope and I was able to make it to the other side. And I started to wonder to myself what made my previous attempts different from the one uh, where I was able to make it to the other side. I searched it up and I was trying to figure out what goes through tightrope uh, walkers' minds as they're walking distances like the Grand Canyon or even Niagara Falls. And one of the tips that I got, which I believe that will be beneficial for all of us, is that though there is a vibration that is being sent right along the wire as they're walking on it, and though they have these beams that are balancing them off, the best thing that they could do is stay in motion. Uh, so in essence, they had to keep going to go get to the other side. And that may seem really obvious that you have to move forward, but the reality is when many people get on a tightrope, their gut reaction is to keep their balance before moving forward. But the best way to keep your balance is to keep moving forward. And so when we go back to our text, the children of Israel are moving forward while also being still. I don't know if you caught that. They are being still through their leader, Moses, who is uh, uh, dealing with that vertical connection. But the people of Israel on the horizontal are making advancements against their enemy as well. And I think it's important to realize that we should not be made stagnant because of our prayer lives or because of our spirituality, because of our religious affiliations, because of our beliefs, but our beliefs should move us to action. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is be still, but at the same time, don't be stagnant. Like I said before, being still doesn't mean standing still. Being still is having a peace that passes all understanding, but it doesn't mean that you don't move. And we have to be careful that we don't get those two mixed up. 
the story that we see here in the Bible would not be the same if Moses only prayed on that hill and Joshua didn't go into battle. I highly doubt that they would have won the battle if they were all just standing on the hill. But in this particular case, and sometimes there needs to be action with your prayer because that's the only way that you will gain the victory over whatever is plaguing you. Anyway, I can go on for a little longer, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave you with our main point is that standing still is not being still. And the way that we came to this understanding and walked through this is that being still is a mindset and not a mood. Being still uh, is uh, uh, magnetic and being still is a mission. Hopefully this was something that you could grab some nuggets of wisdom from or that God spoke to you uh, in this time. But before I let you go, I'm just going to pray for you real quick. Heavenly Father, God, we're grateful that we're able to be in this space together. God, I'm just asking that you remind us of the things that were talked about here. Um, God, uh, I'm asking that you will help us to develop the mindset uh, that gives us a peace uh, uh, that passes all understanding there, God. Lord, I'm asking that you will help us attract better people in our lives, Heavenly Father, and also remind us that we are called to be still but not stagnant. God, I'm just asking that you'll move in our lives in a way that we have never seen before and neither the people around us. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.